let's see. Love Talk Radio. It's time for the Hadit.com Radio Show. Hadit.com Radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Uh, now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Uh-oh. Uh, welcome, Hello. ladies and gentlemen. Uh, on the, it's uh, uh, August the 1st. The first day of August. Can you believe that? Man. I know it. This year's flying by. <laughs> <laughs> it is flying by. Well, we're here with our co-host, Jay Basser. And uh, today our guest speaker is Mr. Ray Cobb. And uh, we're going to talk about some VA things, whatever may crop up. If anyone out there has a question or comment or something you'd like to hear about, uh, our call-in number is 347-237-4819. Now that call-in number once again is 347 347- Two three seven four eight one nine, and then you hit the number one. That'll put you in the queue here with us. If we spot you here, we'll we'll bring you on, let you do some talking. Be glad to hear from y'all. Uh, how you doing today, Ray? I'm doing good. I went this morning and had my weekly acupuncture, and that that helps. And uh, so I'm moving around a little better tonight than I was last night. So that that's a good thing. That is a good thing. I've been going to look into that acupuncture. Uh, I go back down to the the VA in August. Uh, well, it is August, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I've been intending to ask them about that, and I keep forgetting, uh, but uh, I'll remember it one of these days, and I'll bring it up. It'd be my luck to get a hold of somebody who uses 16 penny nails or something instead of needles. <laughs> you just might. <laughs> yeah, you never know uh, with, with them. Uh, but uh, anyway, well, there's a lot going on, and there's some things you can get from the BA, like. You were telling me some, uh, you know, like this acupuncture, and they even have chiropractic care now. I understand some places. So uh, we have we have that here in the uh, Avonlea York uh, or Tennessee Valley Medical Services, as it's referred to. Uh, we got both acupuncture and chiropractic. Uh, I have chose since the new. Uh, uh, Mission Act has gone into effect. I'm actually using someone outside of the VA. Uh, oh, that's because good. For two, yeah. 
yeah, and they take, they have actually, they started me off, and uh, uh, I have had 12 visits. I have eight more to go, and then they, all the doctor has to do is put in for additional visits and what has been done and what the improvement has been, and he thinks I can benefit from more. And so if he puts in for that uh, through the new Tri-West, which is what's being monitoring the, the new uh, Mission Act, uh, uh-huh. then it gets approved. And they improve those particular visits eight at a time. Yeah. So, uh, right. you know, that's enough for a couple of months' visits and see how you're doing. Well, uh, you know, it, it sounds to me like you're on to something. You've been having some fairly decent results, haven't you? I have. Back in June of this year, uh, I couldn't walk. Uh, I mean, I was down. I could not stand. I could not walk. Uh, and I got in. I went to the neurologist, and he said there wasn't anything they could do. Surgery wouldn't help me, and he recommended acupuncture. Then I got into that probably a week, week and a half later, and now I can get around the house with a, a cane or a walker. Um and I can uh, drive my car again and things like that. So it's helped tremendously for me. Oh, I'd say so. And any time you can avoid taking some kind of crazy poison pill, I call them poison pills because I think that's what they are, really. Uh, (laughs) Some of the... the pills, you know, you got to have. I mean, I just, you just can't weasel out of them. Uh, uh, maybe there's some old-time remedies or something people can use. I don't know. But uh, I take so many pills. I don't like pills. I hate them. <laughs> I hate taking them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I take, I take more than what I want to take, so... Oh, I, I think most of us do. And, uh, uh, you know, the acupuncture certainly does give, and, and you know, I've used acupuncture for many, many years. Uh, yeah, thousands of years. Yes, I have. It's a pretty well proven up thing if you got someone that, and I'm sure anyone certified to do acupuncture would have a, a a good knowledge of it, so they'd know how to properly apply it. You know, Joel, I'd tell all veterans out there that think that they might like to try acupuncture for different things. It's been proven that it helps a lot with PTSD, uh, helps a lot with depression. Uh, I'm finding that it's helping a lot with me with my diabetic neuropathy and the muscles uh-huh. and the nerve endings. Um, what you want to make sure you do, get someone now that is completely studies and works in acupuncture. There's a whole lot of folks, especially around here I know, and down in Florida where I go sometimes, they actually, uh, you'll see a sign that they do acupuncture and chiropractic. Oh. I would personally recommend to stay away from that because acupuncture is so detailed I don't know that that uh, an individual could learn and study 
and be accurate with both of those completely. Um, that's one of the things that, that I would, because I did that. I went to, I went to one uh, a year ago before my back ever went out, and they were both an acupuncture and chiropractor, and I got um, had no results at all. So that's what I'm kind of basing that on. And then uh, the chiropractor I use today through the VA, uh, yeah. he actually is from China. And he he tells the story that when he was in the second grade, they came in and looked at some of his test scores and said, you're going to be a doctor. You're going to learn how to do acupuncture. And he said the next year when he got in the third grade, from the third grade on, he's been studying it. Oh my! Uh, now he's yeah, in this country. He, he's probably in his late forties, early fifties. Yeah. And uh, you know he really knows what he's doing. And uh, um, he was explaining to me today, which even my diabetic doctor hasn't talked to me about, that the diabetes is what's causing this problem. And how it not only, you know, we think normally of of neuropathy uh, with diabetes, but he says this is muscular neuropathy, which is in advanced stages. It's deeper into the muscles. And yeah. he was trying to explain to me how he blocked the, the nerve endings down deep in the muscle and uh, um, recognizes what's causing it and... Uh, why it's weakening my legs. Well, my diabetic doctor didn't say a word about that. She said, well, it's neuropathy like in the feet. Well, that's not true. That's not the case. But uh, at least they got me to somebody that knows all the details about it and is doing a great job of getting me back onto my feet and getting me moving around again. It sounds like he knows what he's doing. That's for sure. Boy, I could sure use him. <laughs> I got so much yeah, trouble with my feet. Got that neurology. Yeah, and that's, that's yeah. painful and aggravating and, and uh, frustrating. I mean, it, it'll just, it'll put you on your wits end sometimes. Yeah. Well, you get to messing around with nerves, you know, that, that can be a a shocking effect. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But still, you know, we were we were we were talking earlier this week. You and I visited. One thing that that we need to really make sure we emphasize to our veterans around there, out there listening. You know, we have a, a situation with our claims division and our medical division, and those are two entirely different companies. There is, yeah. is different Chevrolet or Ford. Uh, and the only reason, like Chevrolet and Ford are both automobiles, uh, the claims division and the medical division are both part of the VA system. And, and that's the only way that they're alike. Uh, yeah. And the two don't want to ever meet. They don't want to ever work together. And I'm finding, um, as, as well you know, over the past, I have foot drop in both feet. Yeah. Well, my, I was talking to my primary care uh, doctor's nurse practitioner last week, and I made mention of it, and he says, you don't have drop foot. And I said, I don't. 
He said, no, you don't, you're not, uh, it's not in your diagnosis that you have drop foot. He said, what you have is loss of use of perennial nerve in both feet, bilateral. I said, oh, really? Now, to show you how they don't know what they're talking about, if you Googled drop foot on the Internet, it's going to come up and it's going to say loss of use of perennial nerve. Oh, commonly known as drop foot. But if there's a veteran happened to have been talking to him about it, he would say, oh, you can't turn a claim in for that. You don't know. <laughs> so don't, you know, you got, guys, you got to research this out on your own. Yeah. Uh, James, yeah. Is, James Cripps, a, a good friend of yours and mine, has said time and time again, that it's a veteran's responsibility to research out their medical conditions and go to the 38 CFR codes to see what you're entitled to. Well, true. Um, that is so true. Uh, we have a caller, uh, Ray. Uh, let me okay. see if we can get him. See, 843. Eight, yeah, four, girl, three. Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah, girl, hey, how you doing? Pretty just good. Listening how are you? I'm doing yeah, all right, girl. I'm all right, huh? All right, uh, uh, tell Ray hi for me. Tell John hi for me. I'm just listening in. Oh, okay. No problem. I will. And thanks for uh, tuning in. Glad to have you aboard. All right. All right. Thanks, Joe. Uh, uh, yeah, Ray, you're right. A veteran's got to, uh, per, he's got to nail down his own ailments because he knows what they are. He knows what he's feeling and, and go do the 38 CFR. They cover all these ailments. And, uh, uh, and of course, your primary ones, and then uh, there's a whole lot of them that have secondaries. That, and once you get the primary, you can come back and and uh, file for the primary. I mean, secondaries. Oh uh, yeah, I, I mean, for example, go ahead. I think uh, sugar diabetes is one of them. They're probably several items that or ailments that can be associated with diabetes that probably classified as secondary. Um, well, let me, I can just give you several right off the bat because that's what I have claimed. Yeah. Uh, first of all, you got your, um, uh, you got your diabetes. And then secondary to diabetes, you have retinopathy. This is where the diabetes causes the blood cells around the retina to become distorted, and sometimes they actually burst, and you have what looks like little uh, spider webs going across your eye. Um, and that's the bleeding of the retina. And uh, I had that. Matter of fact, because of it, uh, I'm legally blind now in my left eye. That's secondary to diabetes. Now, stenic heart disease is also secondary to diabetes. 
And when you, when I got my extended heart disease, secondary diabetes, and I had to have open heart surgery with a double bypass, and then they get into ejection factors, and with my ejector factors being between 30 and 50, that's an automatic 60% disability. And then it goes from there. If it's below 30%, that's 100% disability. So all of those are secondary to the diabetes. And then you've got your neuropathy in your feet. And then when the neuropathy in your feet gets so bad, you end up with, like we were talking about earlier, foot drop, which is secondary to diabetes. Now you're entitled to, if you have one, you're entitled to an automobile grant. And if you have two, you're entitled to adaptive housing. So there's a whole lot out there that can uh, stem from that one disease, and all the other things are connected and are secondary, meaning they're caused from the diabetes. Yes. And uh, there's several ailments that way. I think even your your heart, uh, uh, you can have secondary issues to hypertension and what have you. So, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, you want to look into all that. Uh, and when you first do a claim, that's when you want to uh, address that stuff. I always recommend to people pick out the most obvious and the worst thing wrong with them and file a claim on that. And then uh, they can... At, uh, you know, file additional claims a little later. Uh, otherwise, well, and, you, and you got to make sure in order for your claim to be military connected, that's that's one of the key points right there. Oh yeah, uh, there's a lot of guys that have. Yeah, you got a military connected, and basically, you really need one of your doctors to say that it's military connected. Um, unless you happen to be jumping out of an airplane and, and broke your ankle or your leg or dislocated your knee real bad, or uh, unless you were in an automobile accident with a Jeep or, or whatever while on active duty serving, uh, or you ran over a roadside bomb or something along those natures, uh, you know, it's pretty hard sometimes with some of these things to prove that they're military connected. So, you need to really do your inserts before you file that claim uh, today. Now, you see that wasn't the case. You always had time because they were so slow. Uh, yeah. But now I don't think they look at anything you turn in later. I think the only thing they look at is what you turn in when you file that claim. That's so you need to make sure. Mm-hmm, you need to make sure you got all your. Your information, even if it takes you another 30 or 45 days. Now, you can file an intent to file. An intent to file, you have one year to file the claim, for example, yes. but you got to make sure it's correct. You got to make sure, for example, stenic heart disease. Uh, you got to tie that extended heart disease to be military connected and to give you, to break it down a little further. You can say that the circulation problem you have in your heart 
was created by the diabetes, and the diabetes was military-connected because of your exposure to Agent Orange. Now That's you've right. made that connection, yeah. and you got to first get your Agent Orange exposure to uh, for diabetes before you can do your stenic heart disease. So you got to be, even the heart may be worse than the diabetes, you still have to do it in the right order in order to uh, to come out ahead on it. Otherwise, they'll reject it and say that, well, everybody has uh, uh, heart circulations, heart problems, cholesterol, <laughs> or whatever, and, uh, you know, they'll end up rejecting it. Yeah. So don't give them a chance uh, to reject it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's one thing you don't want to do. Uh, you have to be in a position to take the argument out of it. And if you you meet, uh, uh, well, I think there's five. If you meet three of the uh, elements of the claim and that's something wrong with you and here's where they take care of you, uh, you show that uh, it happened in the service you can uh, uh, prove up a nexus, in other words, and you get a doctor to state that it happened in the service. And uh, uh, I mean, you got to do some work yourself. Uh, that, uh, without a doubt, uh, they're and not. You pointed uh, out the VA is there. not known for uh, coming out and, and helping you. Pointed out. You pointed out something really important there, that letter. What you want to do on that letter, you want to take your medical records, make a copy of them, or get a copy of them. Don't ask another doctor for, the, for a diagnosis. What you want to ask for, you want to ask that doctor to write you a letter saying that he concurs with a diagnosis from the VA doctor or from the first doctor. Now, yes. doctors don't like to go against each other, but they really like to agree with each other. Now, he may put in there, I would recommend a different type of treatment and may put what that treatment is. But that's not going to hurt you as long as he agrees with the diagnosis of what your condition is and how it happened. That's right, yeah. And... uh You'd be surprised what you'll find in your your military records. Uh, it don't necessarily mean you have to have been in a hospital or something. It could show you uh, you had bed rest. Doctor ordered you for bed rest because you sprained an ankle or something, and uh, or maybe you had to real bad cold or the flu in the service and they said you get so many days bed rest and uh, uh, you know it's, it's deals like that that can show up in your records you probably forgot all about mm -hmm. well there's a, a gentleman here that I've been working with now for three years he started out with zero. He's now up to 90%, and he's about to go for his 100 because they're fixing to do uh, surgery and do a shoulder replacement. Um, that's going to kick him over the 100%. But yeah. what uh, he didn't realize 
he, just like you said, he had hurt his ankle. He twisted his ankle jumping off of a truck, okay? And it came back, and in later years, it started bothering him and irritating him and then set up some other problems, uh, and then they had to go in and clean that out, and they actually ended up doing a replacement on it. Uh, and then that threw his knees off, so then he got a knee replacement. And just Ooh. one thing after the other has led up, and, and over the last three years, he's now up to 90%. And it's all yeah. back, relates back to that time that he had twisted his ankle, and they put him on bed rest for three days or four days. And then he went back in, and they cleared him to go back to active duty. Huh. Well, there you go. That's uh, that shows his nexus, it, and there's no argument about it because it's a matter of record. Correct. So, and uh, from that, I hate to say, but I imagine he'll probably end up getting his hip replaced too. I hope he don't have to go through that. Well. That is something that's already been mentioned, but he, they, you know, it's just. Oh boy! They're hoping oh, this boy. last this last knee replacement and things help him to where he doesn't have to have a hip replacement. But they said it's a possibility. Uh, oh. He's in rehab now for the knee replacement, so we'll see how it goes from there. Yeah, that's that's not an easy one either. The knee replacements there. Uh, I've seen people have them not have any trouble, and then I've seen people have them that had all kinds of trouble. <laughs> I guess it just depends on the doctor, really. Uh, uh, what kind of doctor you got? You got a good one, you're going to have less trouble, I believe. Uh, and to a person's attitude does have a lot to do with it also. But... Ah, uh, you know, it's so easy to get buggered up in the service. And, uh, you don't think about it at the time, but years later, it sure shows up. Mm, yep. That it, that it does. And, uh, of course, they want to say it's just because you're getting old. Well... No, it ain't. <laughs> no, not all of it. <laughs> and that's what I tell them. <laughs> well, it ain't. I probably got one or two symptoms because I'm getting old, but that sure ain't anything to do with my disabilities. <laughs> I hear you. It, uh, yeah. I said, you told me that 20 years ago. Because <laughs> 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 you're getting old. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, oh, boy. Well, you got to laugh at the VA sometimes. I, I don't know. They got a, I call it a racket going, but... <laughs> Uh, well, they do. They, you know, they, you know, it's bad when they can't even find enough doctors to work. Uh, 
Oh, yeah. I was told, well, we had a, um, what do you call it, a town hall meeting uh, down here, uh-huh. and the chief, the chief, um, well, let me take if I can get his title, uh, the chief of psychiatric care came down and uh, held the town hall meeting, which we got a lot of great information, and we gave him some, too. Uh, we flat told him that the way it's supposed to work doesn't work. <laughs> he was saying, really? I said, yeah. You mean you can't go out to a hospital and they send you to us? I said, no, you go out to this hospital, they're going to send you to Chattanooga first if, you, if it's an emergency. You know, and I said, they're going to put you over there. They're not going to send you down to the VA uh, uh, psychiatric ward. They're going to send you over to what we call Moxon Bend, which is a state hospital, because that's what they're regulated to do. And he oh said, my! Oh no, they can't. They can't do that. And I said, they do it. Don't tell me they can't do it. They do it. <laughs> you know. Oh. So he supposedly is going to check on that. And I said, well, you know, you guys make these rules up that you think everybody has to follow. But when you get in the private sector, all they can do is look at you and say, uh huh, and go on and do it the way they've been doing it in the last <laughs> thirty or forty years or more. They're not going to pay any attention to you guys. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, so we got it got kind of comical, but he he really did a good job. He he pointed out some good things in the psychiatric work that they're doing. Uh, they've gone from 24 suicides a day down to 20, and they're still working on improving that, of course. Um, and and they're paying more attention to what they refer to as the revolving door. Yeah, where they. T- Check a patient in to the psychiatric ward, keep him for 30 days, and then the 30 days they release him whether or not he's ready to go or not. You know, it's like they're not allowed to hold him for more than 30 days. And so he goes out, and the next thing he knows, he's uh, done something to be brought back, and he comes back, you know, a week, two weeks later, and he's in for another 30 days. Ah. And this just keeps going on and on and on. So he, wow. they're trying to remove that 30-day sigma to where they can get in and help somebody with counseling, get them on medication, and really get them straightened out. And, you know, they're saying that this is going to take, for the most part, six months to a year for someone suffering with severe PTSD before they can can really go back and possibly function and hold a job and live in the community properly. So they know what needs to be done. They just need to get the the higher-ups to approve it and then Congress to fund it. Well, it seems like it's hard to get... Congress to work with them very well. Uh, I don't know why that is. They need to, I think, pay more attention to, uh, to how they're working with the VA uh, in order try to improve on how how they're working with the veterans too. Uh, 
a lot of this uh, things that need corrected really almost needs to be legislated. Uh, you can't depend on the VA to say, yeah, you're right. Uh, they're going to look at a book and they like at him 21, which I don't care much for. Uh, you got to go on the 38 CFRs, uh, stick with what the law is, the law is, and uh, make the uh, necessary changes there in order to get something done better for the veterans, I believe. Well, I think you're 100% correct. Um, and then I think the, you know, Congress, I can understand where they're coming from. Most of them don't get enough outside information. <coughs> oh, excuse me. To know what's really happening out here in the field. Well, all they'd have to do is go down to two or three different VA facilities and walk in, sit down, and uh, listen. They'll find out real quick what some of the issues are. Uh, uh, you know, for them to and they depend too much upon these agencies. Uh, the all your AMBETs, the uh, Purple Hearts, and Vietnam Veterans, all them different organizations to tell them what they need to do. And they don't always. For some reason, tell them the right things. I don't know why. Yeah, I haven't figured that one out either. Um, yeah, I, I'm really not for sure why they don't uh, send somebody down and listen to what's going on or just walk around. All they would have to do is walk through the hospital, any of them. And sit down beside a veteran and ask him how it's going, how long has he been waiting, what's he there for, how often does he have to come, and yeah. then he feel he's getting the right proper treatment. It's and he would find out real quick what's going on. Uh, yeah, and they do that three or four places, and they'll have a general idea and and forget all these hypotutin organizations coming in telling them what to do or say we need it done this way, we need it done that way. Well, uh, if they're too lazy to get off their hind end and go find out for themselves, uh, and like you say, all they have to do is walk through. <laughs> so they if, you walk through if you walk through the VA at Vanderbilt in Nashville, you would be surprised how many VA employees are out walking the halls, stopping to other people's office, saying hi to folks, talking yeah. about what they did past weekend or what they're going to do next weekend. And, and you know, it's just completely, uh, if that happened out in the private sector, those folks would, would not have a job. And I think that's why some of those folks are working at the VA 
because they can't hold a job on the outside. As a former VA employee, I can definitely second that opinion there, Ray. Uh, They call that coordinating. (laughs) Coordinating. (laughs) (laughs) They're coordinating their efforts, huh? (laughs) Coordinating. Coordinate. Yeah. yeah, they coordinate. They like to visit and show pictures of the kids and do anything but work. I don't know. Whatever they uh, yeah. But uh, well, I can tell you a story about one of our groups in prosthetics. You're talking about that. You know, there's a, there's a rule concerning anyone that wears a brace, you know, a foot brace, a leg brace, whatever. They're tied to a clothing allowance. The clothing allowance request has to be turned in by June the 1st, every year. And then it's the check is supposed to be issued on October the 1st. So you have uh, all the month of June, July, August, and all the month of September. You know, you got four months, 120 days, to process that paperwork. Here... In our area, year before last, there were people who has not received their checks until January or February, and they had no reason or no excuse as to why they didn't get them out. <laughs> well, maybe all they said was, "We are sorry for the delay." Yeah. Well. Uh. The law by Congress says you're supposed to have those by October the 1st. They don't have to wait till October the 1st to send them. It says they have to have them by October the 1st, which means that if you turn one in in June and they got your paperwork done in July, they could go ahead and issue you payment. But instead, they lay it over on the side. Well, there's some more ignorant, you know. <laughs> Why wouldn't they want to get it out of the hair? They had the checks. Imagine checks are automatically printed out. All they have to do is stuff them in an envelope. They don't even have to do that. Most of them are direct deposit and all they got to oh, do is that's right. Up. You're right. Yeah. So it's it's done by computer button. now. Once they complete it, they just have to hit a button that says enter. And that's it. Yeah. And they don't have to bother with it anymore. Well, I don't know. The guy working on my stuff, he, he don't have a button that says enter. I don't know. What. <laughs> He's got one that says reject, <laughs> right? <laughs> I can find out who it is. I'll get him a new keyboard or something. <laughs> His is either reject or backspace. Which one is it? Yeah. Reman. <laughs> Everybody's Reman. Oh, there's something. Something so simple. Like, I guess it's job security. I don't know what else to think it is for him. If I didn't know better, I would say they really feel that they're spending their money. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you're right. I think it'd be. They treat you like they are. Yeah. As for a pair of socks, I never got them. <laughs> yeah. Mm. That's pretty bad. Yeah, have any of y'all had any experience or heard too much about this new uh, uh, fast track that, that veterans can do to file a claim now? Yeah, we've been watching that, Ray, and we've heard some good things and we've heard some bad things. So from my understanding is that the backlog is quickly building up on that program and uh, I think they're probably traded one mess for another. We'll just have time. We'll prove it up one way or the other, but in theory, it sounds good, but in reality, if the backlog is climbing, uh, that's a strong indication that they do have some major issues they need to tend to. Well, what I've seen here in our county, now I can't speak elsewhere because I haven't talked with anybody or, or looked at anyone outside the county. They're not getting approved as fast as they said they would. They're getting approved in 120 days or rejected in 120, not in 60. That's the first thing. The yes. second thing, part of the problem that we see here is our county service officers don't understand ready for decision. Uh, I'm familiar with one case. I told the lady she wasn't ready for a decision. I told her what she would need to have in order to win her case and to get be ready for a decision. And she goes down to the county office, and they said, oh, you don't need to go through all that. They'll just look at your, at your uh, medical records and uh, approve it. Well, they didn't know what her medical records said, and she told me what it said. And it said she refused the treatment and refused to take a certain type of pain medicine. Uh-oh. And she missed and she missed two appointments. Well, they're not going to approve her for that. No. So all that agent did was to throw a, a backlog and a delay in the system. Yep. May have cost her a claim. Uh, oh, I think it will. I think it will. Because uh, they put her in on that 60-day yeah. plan and... and you have, she will not have an appeal, so she'll have to go back, go all the way through the steps of the doctor and everything again, and get it straightened out, and then file for another claim. So she's delayed her payment at least a year, and they're not going to give her back. Well, you know by law that if you get bad advice from the VFO, that is not an employee in the Department of Veteran Affairs. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it, but you can uh, you can. You can sue the dog crap out of them. Yeah, but she won't. She won't have enough money to do it, and I don't know of oh, any them. attorneys around here that would take it on. Oh, Sonny Bono's brother do it. You know him, Pro Bono. 
<laughs> Bono or Bobo? <laughs> <laughs> the one that didn't. The one that didn't ski. <laughs> No, I mean, if they give you bad advice, uh, pop them. I've known some folks that's actually taken recourse to that situation and have actually made herself righteous by doing that exact activity. A girl, I know one lady's done it, and uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to mess with getting her bad side for nothing, would you, Gerald? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> she knows yeah, so, a lot. Yeah, so but, if you get bad advice from the VSO, Bring it up because you can you can you can fix that situation. Sure hmm. can. It can be done. Where does she bring it up to? Back down into to our headquarters, which would be Nashville, the state. Mm-hmm. Where does she need to get an attorney and go from there? She, uh, I would look uh, to see probably state level. I would just look at uh, tour attorneys in Tennessee, and uh, you know, <coughs> consultations usually free. Explain to them what happened. Because, I mean, that caused you harm. If they cost you time and money, that's harm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So that's harm. That's a proven fact. So, I There's mean, people give you bad advice. what they're talking about. Yeah. When they're giving you advice like that, it's like an attorney giving you advice. You can get them from malpractice. Right. Now, if that lady's not, yeah. if the one that gave her the advice is not accredited, it, it could be double jeopardy. Because if you're not an accredited agent, you have no business to give veterans benefits or information or advice out unless you're qualified to do it. Well, I've asked that question about this particular young lady, and I have never mm-hmm. received an answer. Uh, mm-hmm. I've only been told that, yes, yeah, she's an employee, and, yes, she's gone through the training on how to fill out the forms. Okay. Is that not I've noticed that, LST, or, or do you think that's uh, trying to get the local legion post with the beers and the whiskey? <laughs> well, whatever. I, I think what she's doing, I think we have a, a we have a county agent who is, you know, certified and everything. And I think he's kind of gotten a little lazy. So he's trained her and had her trained on how to uh, fill out the forms and how to submit them with his name. Oh, um, from what I've seen, and it's done on the computer, so no longer does it require a signature. It just requires his ID number or his accreditation number. So there's nothing any longer that, that is signed um, and put into uh, a file. It's yeah. all on computer nowadays. Right. Right, there's uh, a... There's a stipulation that uh, we've been discussing in the last several shows. If you're no a certified claims agent or anybody that's certified, and you've got a guy fighting a claim, and they want the biggest thing about claims is misinformation or not knowing what's going on. Uh, a good agent or attorney will have access to to DBMS on a computer through the VA, and they have uh, uh, the ability to go on and look at the claim status pretty much at will. So that's something, if they're certified, ask them if they've got access to BBMS, and I will try to, you know, use that to your advantage on anybody that you're working with has got a claim, you know, like that to help you. Because BBMS is the whole thing. I mean, it's you know, you can see exactly where it's at in real time instead of having to 
you know, go for an ombudsman or things like that. You can, and they can actually give you updates. So that's one thing people need to look for when they're selecting the agents. Well, the uh, local county agents in the state of Tennessee are not allowed to go into that. Uh, the state cut back, I don't know, several years ago. Uh, and there's only certain information that they're entitled to. So what I do, I tell them, uh, well, maybe they're not fully credited. I don't know. Because I, I have to take, to find out that same information, I have to take a veteran to Nashville and go into the veteran to the regional veteran service office. And they pull it up and tell them right there. And, and our county agent will admit to me I cannot get to all of the files. Well, that's so, not okay. good. Because you can't, so, you're not uh, able to work in real time. If you can't work in real time, uh, you're you're really under a great handicap. Yeah. If you're looking at the same page they are, then you can work in real time. But, uh, you know, it's like the closing your eyes and turning around three or four times, throwing the dart to the dark board. <laughs> maybe you'll get on something, maybe you won't. Yeah. Well, in, in, in this particular case about this young lady that I'm talking about, I hate to say it, but, you know, she is not... Uh, she wants a quick, easy way out. She's not willing to put forth the effort necessary to win her claim. So I've kind of, well, to a certain extent, kind of washed my hands and said, if you're not willing to work, why should I be willing to work? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that situation you you don't want to be involved with, I wouldn't think. Uh, I would recommend her get a agent of some sort whoever she chooses uh, and uh, go with them I mean, well I, I know uh, I know an attorney that's, uh, uh, go ahead otherwise she's going to drag you down in the sewer pit you don't want yeah. to be in the sewer pit Oh, well, I know. And see, I've got, with the regional office down in Nashville, I've got some uh, pretty good credibility of who I've brought them and how they've had the proper information when they get down there. Uh -huh. So when I walk in, they don't have a problem uh, letting me sit in once the guy signs the, the forms and and discussing the the outcome or the direction and why to go that way and why not to go the other way. And uh, uh, we've had uh, really a whole lot of success by doing that. And James has had the same success. Well, that's good if they'll work with you. Uh, but as long as they know it's their decision, not yours. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, they and if the BA says, Yeah, you can sit here and remind him of this or that or help him as a as a friend, 
I don't know how they, what the rules are on all that. But sound like they allow you to do it. Yeah, they, you can do it as a friend. You can do it as a, uh, uh, as an individual. Uh, that's what we call the group that I use or that we do this with, Veterans Helping Veterans, because yeah. that's what it is. And, and what we do, uh, like we say, we furnish them the information, where to find information, but we very clearly up front tell them and anyone else that uh, it's your responsibility to uh, uh, proceed and get the proper documentation that you need. Uh, we we can't do it for you, nor are we going to do it for you. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and it's up to them to do it. If they don't want to do it, then they don't want uh, they don't want the benefits. Is the way I look at it. They're not going to win. Well, they probably wouldn't win, but then you know they don't want the benefits to start with. They just want somebody to give them something. Well, it don't happen that way with the VA. You earn every doggone nickel you get out of them. And more. Yeah, I started saying more. (laughs) Uh, Some cases are, I admit, uh, pretty complicated. They... And so many cases that I've seen, including my own, got off on the wrong foot. And then here you spend the next umpteen million years trying to get the thing squared away where you can get it, uh, finally get something out of it. And... uh, when in reality, it should have stopped, backed up, and redone it. I yeah, think, I think all, that's, that's... Yeah, I'm sure that's happened to a lot. A lot of veterans. But it is what it is. If you can get off to a good start, uh, you have so much better chance I didn't know nothing about a claim. <laughs> didn't even know I could I didn't know that when I got started. <laughs> what? That's, why it to... <laughs> That's why it took me eight years to win mine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you had to be a combat veteran to file a claim. I had no idea. Of course, I never messed with, you know, after I got out of service, it's they were so glad to see me gone, and I was so glad to be away from them. But, uh, so, you know, you don't know that stuff. By the time I figure it out, it, uh, you can go through a lot of years. Yeah. Well, you know, James and I, our claims are pretty similar since we both were exposed to Agent Orange in the continental United States. Well, I was in the ER, and this doctor, and I wish I could remember his name because I you know, didn't pay any attention at the time, 
But he says, uh, when were you in Vietnam? I said, I wasn't in Vietnam. And he looked at my chart again. He says, are you sure? I said, yeah, I'd know if I was in Vietnam. He said, where did you get exposed to Agent Orange? Well, immediately I knew where that happened. I just didn't know what Agent Orange caused. You know, and I yeah. told him. He says, have you filed a claim? No. He said, you need to go down and file a claim for exposure to Agent Orange. And I said, where do I go? Well, you go down here to Building 8. We got an agent right here in, in this building. I said, now, what is it I asked for again? You want a disability claim for Agent Orange and for your diabetes. And, and I said, you mind writing that down so I don't get it mixed up? So I walked into that agent. And I said, Dr. So-and-so told me I need to come down here and file a claim for this. And I handed him the note. I didn't even tell it what it was. He says, you were exposed to Fort, in Fort McCallum, Alabama? I said, yeah. He said, you can't file a claim on that. I said, I can't? He said, no. I said, well, why did the doctor tell me I could? Well, you can only file a claim on that if you're in Vietnam. I said, well, you might be right. But would you mind just filing a claim anyway? But he acted like it bothered him, so he filled out and filed the claim. Well, eight and a half years later, I finally won that claim. Yeah. yeah. Good deal. You know, they have in my paperwork now that I'm a non-Vietnam veteran uh, exposed to Agent Orange. So they've got it in my records now that I was exposed to Agent Orange. Well, that's great. So after my last CMP, I expect there'll be some something in there. <laughs> I don't know what. But they do yeah. have me down in, in the records now as a non- uh, Vietnam veteran exposed to Agent Orange. What? We're out of time, right? Already? Oh, my yeah. goodness. Just tell you what, when we're having a good time, time flies. I wasn't even paying attention. Well, I appreciate well, you know, we gotta, coming on. I hope we get about Well, I enjoyed it, and... Uh, Give, give me a shout anytime you want to. Uh, okay. Uh, we got a lot of things going on down in this area. Uh, we're going to have well, a Veterans Day parade again. So, uh, What day do you have your show on? My show's on uh, uh, the second Tuesday morning second at Tuesday. 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm, at 9 o'clock Central Standard Time. 9 Okay. I got the numbers all in. I forgot the date. <laughs> Second Tuesday. Uh, yeah, okay. we are uh, on WZYX Radio. If anyone wants to listen in, just go into uh, into Google and Google up uh, WZYX Radio in Cowan, Tennessee. And I understand their webpage will come up. And uh 
And you can click the little microphone and listen to it live. And then um, uh, you can call in. There's a number there to call in. And uh, I'll be glad to talk with you and, and talk about the things that's going Most of it is about what's going on in our area uh, as far as veterans' claims and who wins claims and 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 how many won. We have a, a, a gentleman we're going to talk about this week who got his claim finally. And his check was over $125,000 in back pay. Wow. So, uh, yeah, that's a good big one. So we're going to talk about what what he had to go through and how long it took him. Uh, it was about four years. Uh, yeah. So we're going, to, we're going to talk about that and uh, share information about what he had to do. And that's, that's the important part. Uh, if somebody can use a little bit of what he did – to help them in their claim, then it's all worth it. Yeah, it's all better. Yeah, it sure is. And that's what we're all about. Mm-hmm. Trying to pass good news that people can use and uh, do our best at it wherever we can. But anyway, we certainly appreciate you coming on, right? Well, thanks a lot, and thanks for having me, and look forward to doing it again someday. Okay, we sure will. All righty, bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Haddock.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Haddock.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Bachelor Show.